You are listening to the Pine Law Church Podcast, where believers in Jesus Christ are seeking to know God and to be fully known by God. As always, we thank all of our listeners for your faithfulness in supporting the ministry of Pine Law Church. You can give online by going to tithe.ly. We pray that you are blessed by the hearing and the reading of God's Word. finished up a long series that we were in over the last several weeks. We were studying through the Ten Commandments and we're entered into a new uh, season and we're entered into a new period and I wanted us to start out with a new sermon series uh, that we're going to work through based in Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus to the Ephesian Christians. Uh, we're going to start uh, in Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, we're going to be going through uh, verses 10 to 18. Hear the word of the Lord. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in his dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit in all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As we entered into this year, a few months back, there were pastors across the globe that were trying to grab a hold of this new year, this new thing. Many of them were working hard to cast a vision uh, for the church. They were grabbing a hold of this 2020 thing, coming up with new sermon series ideas and new programs and uh, trendy catchphrases to rally the church around a common vision and a common theme that was based in this theme of 2020 vision. And by the end of March, as we all know, we were all standing around... Uh, in a world that looked completely different than the one we started the year out in. Uh, and we were wondering what in the world had happened. Uh, all of our plans uh, to look into the future were thwarted, and, and rather than being proactive, we all became reactive, pivoting around this new uh, thing that we were dealing with, this global pandemic. And for the remainder of the year, people all over the world have had to rethink how we live and how we do things, how we live life, and we kind of make changes and, and do things totally different than we're used to. And, and now, uh, rather than looking into the future for revival and uh, growth and revitalization, whatever else you may have been anticipating uh, in your own life that was derailed by this pandemic, we've all just been trying to figure out how to survive in a lot of ways. Uh, there have been businesses that have struggled and gone under unemployment and riots going on and protests and political warfare and election year drama. Uh, Corporations uh, will have wound out the requirements for the payroll protection program. Eviction moratoriums are ending now. 
Uh, I've heard a rumor that a, a local manufacturing facility was going to end up uh, letting go of several hundred people in the coming months. Uh, and parents have had to weigh in on these different things with academic progress and social development and public health, and we've had to make decisions to whether to send our kids back to school or try to teach them online, and we've had uh, this feeling, I don't know about y'all, but this feeling that maybe we're sending our kids into a war zone with, and sending educators into a war zone with all these struggles going on. And we came out of this, out of the gates this year, excited about a vision, and the reality is it's hard to see that vision come to fruition. It's hard to see the fullness of it when you're trying to survive uh, in the here and now. For many of us, there's just been this weight. Uh, that's been bearing down on us a weight that we're all carrying around this sense of impending doom uh, that is lurking ahead and it's hard to dream when you're just surviving. Many of us today are just trying to be strong. Uh, it's hard to think forward when all you're doing is being strong in the moment. Uh, and this word strong is a word that is just permeated my life for the last several months, and I would think it probably has permeated your existence as well. Uh, and when we say the word strong, a lot of different things come to mind, so I want to invite y'all to just participate with me for a minute. Whenever you hear the word strong, I just want us to act it out, like actually show me what you think of when you hear the word strong. So for just a second, we're just going to show the physical posture that comes to mind. So I'm going to count to three. I just want y'all to hold it. Whatever it looks like for you, whatever strong looks like for you, I just want y'all to hold it for just a minute. Are y'all ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Show me strong. Show me strong. Come on, you guys. Show me strong. There we go. We've got some of this going on, some of this. We've got, I don't know if Lee's got a headlock going on over here or something. We've got <laughs> all kinds of different stuff going on. We've got, and let me ask you a question. How many of y'all are feeling strong today? How many of you feel like you have to be strong? How many of you could stand to be a little stronger? Stronger in your faith, stronger physically, stronger in uh, spiritually, stronger mentally. And strong is a word that has just been pressing in on me. And I think uh, it's a word that we all need for our lives. And it's not just a word. Uh, it's this verse in this passage that we've just heard read. Uh, and so I want us to begin this new series called Strong in the Lord that's based in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And I want to hear this for one verse again. Chapter 6, verse 10. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. The, you know, for those of you who may not know, the Bible is made up of a uh, several different books. But there's two main parts to it. The Old Testament, the New Testament, the Old Covenant, the New Covenant. And the, the New Testament makes up about a quarter of, of the Bible. It begins with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then, uh, and these are the Gospels. And we go into to the Gospels and we hear the story of Jesus' life as he lived and walked on this earth, his death, the resurrection. And then we go into the book of Acts, or Acts of the Apostles. And Acts tells us about the acts of God through God's people on earth. Uh, Jesus has come, he's lived, he's died, but he's risen, and he returned to the Father, but he sent this paraclete, this in the Holy Spirit, the counselor, uh, to live and to dwell with God's people, and, and the church is formed. And it starts to explode across the world. It starts to explode across the Mediterranean and uh, into different 
people, groups with different thoughts and different cultures. It's not just people who believed in the Jewish God, but it's people who believed in no God. It's people who believed in little G pantheon gods at the time. Uh, and as a result, the church, the church starts to grow and expand in this guy that we know as Paul, who was a Jesus hater originally. He, he hated Jesus. He hated Jesus' followers. Uh, and, and so much so that he authorized the killing of them. Uh, but he experienced this radical transformation in his own life. And he devoted his life every day, day in and day out. He risked his life to carry this message of freedom and hope and salvation all throughout the world. And as one of the places he goes is a place called Ephesus, which is what we know as modern-day Turkey. He arrives with the gospel and the church forms, and after this church forms, he leaves Ephesus and, uh, and goes on to the next place, but he maintains communication with them. And, and so we have this letter that was sent back to the people in Ephesus, the Christians in Ephesus, and we call it the book of Ephesians. And Paul shares with them in this letter a series of truths, a lot of different truths. Many of his words throughout the letter are very spirit-filled as he's sharing the gift of Jesus Christ. Uh, and a lot of his words are very instructive and pragmatic and logical. Here are some things you need to know about God's grace. Here are some things you need to know about God's love. Here are some things you need to know about how you should live as a husband or a wife or a mom or a dad or a boss. He gets very practical about how to live for Jesus in every sphere, in every realm of life. And then he ends this letter with this thing about being called to engage in a war. Not a war that is in this physical realm, it's an invisible war that's dictated and driven by the powers and principalities of evil. And Paul says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. We're called to engage in this war. Uh, Priscilla Shire, in, in her study on the armor of God, she shares a story about her cousin, Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan had decided to make himself available to this organization that was right across the road from a, a clinic, an abortion clinic, a Planned Parenthood clinic, and he would stand uh, outside the clinic and wait and hope and pray for the opportunity just to talk to somebody, just to talk to somebody uh, who may be willing to talk to him for just a moment just to sort of share uh, his, his thoughts and pray with the person and uh, to sort of counsel people in the decision that was being made, uh, people who would pull into the parking lot there. One Friday morning, he was, he was there. It was in the middle of the winter. And it was early in the morning. He was standing outside the clinic because uh, of the regulations. He had to stand a couple hundred feet away from the front door uh, so that he wouldn't be trespassing. So you can imagine that there's... They're limited in the opportunities they have to actually connect with people uh, and meet with people. But he was there, and he was ready for this opportunity that God would give him to talk to somebody. And on this particular winter morning, he said it was about 20 degrees. It was freezing cold outside, and he admitted to the fact that he did not want to be there. He did not want to be there. It was cold, and it had been raining, but he had made a commitment, so he showed up and waited while car after car after car whizzed by him, and he had a handful of flowers, and he just, he just was hoping and praying for someone uh, to stop, to roll down the window, to stop by so he could talk to them. 
the importance of life and the critical nature of the decisions that were being made, but nobody stopped. And as he stood there in the cold weather, freezing his tail off as he waited, he admitted he was kind of frustrated with God. And he was asking God, why, why did you send me to do this? Why today? Why this morning? Uh, and right as he was getting the most discouraged and the most frustrated, a truck pulled in. It was a tall, white Ford truck, he said. Uh, and it pulled into the parking lot and whizzed right past him, just like all the others. Uh, and he stood there resigned to the fact that he couldn't approach them and he couldn't reach out to them. Uh, and he stood there and he watched this truck pull into the parking lot and stop in the parking spot. He noticed that there was an older white-haired gentleman in the driver's seat and a younger girl in the passenger seat, maybe 17 or 18 years old. And he stood there feeling the same sense of defeat that he had felt all morning. But this time, there was something different going on. It was so cold that morning that he could see the exhaust coming out of the tailpipe of the truck. So even though he was at a distance, at a couple hundred feet away, he could see the exhaust and he knew when the truck was running and when it was turned off because the exhaust would come out of the tailpipe and then it would stop and then it would turn back on and then it would turn back off. And so he sat there waiting for the doors to open and for them to walk into the clinic and he said the truck stopped and nothing happened. No doors opened. They didn't move. He said he could see them turn toward one another several times. Uh, as if they were having a conversation. He could see the woman bury her head in her hands, and from what he could see, it looked like she was crying. He could see that there was a deep conversation taking place, but they weren't getting out of the car. And it occurred to him that in that moment, in that brief moment in time, everything was hanging in the balance. Everything was hanging in the balance. And even though he was at a distance, it occurred to him that he could be more useful and more effective than if he was actually in the truck talking to him. He said there was a war going on. And over the next few minutes, I could see the exhaust start and stop and then start and stop. Three or four times over the course of 15 minutes, it happened, and he realized that this war was going on and he could pray. He said there was a battle going on and, and if, if he could just stop and call out to God, he could help swing this enormous decision that she was wrestling with. And so he sat there 200 feet away and he asked God to swing the decision and the balance of life. And a few seconds after he commenced to pray, he saw the exhaust start finally. He saw the brake lights come on, and the truck shifted into reverse. He pulled out of the parking space and zoomed past him as quickly as it had zoomed into the parking lot. And he learned something that day that we all need to hear. We live in two different realms, a spiritual kingdom and a physical realm, and there's a battle that's going on all around us, all the time. A battle that's going on within us, and so I want us to engage in this text over the next few weeks and help us understand how we can truly engage in this spiritual war that is going on 
in this season and how we can engage in this battle in, in, in a way that gives us all the tools we need uh, to claim victory, all the preparedness we need to lead us into victory in Jesus Christ. He said a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. He goes on to describe all the armor of God. And this will be our focus in weeks to come. But I want us to stop right here in verse 10 today because uh, the remaining verses will carry us through the next week. But I think there's so much in this first verse that can give us so much power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So what does that mean for us? I want to break this into two parts, two big parts. Uh, so you don't have to look at your watch. I'll tell you right now where we're going. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Those are the two parts. So when you start to get hungry or start thinking about Cracker Barrel or wherever you plan on going, just know that, that where we're at in this thing, be strong. In Dinamu is this Greek word that literally means in power. In power is where we get the word dynamite, and it's not a passive verb, it's an active word. It literally means to make strong, or to become strong, or to become strengthened. Uh, it's not an arrival, it is a journey, it is ongoing, it is not a destination to aspire to, it's something that you are in right now, it's something you are being made into, a growing and increasing. So instead of saying, I am strong, uh, you might say, I am becoming Stronger. I'm becoming stronger. And as we think of being strong in the sense that we are engaged in the spiritual battle, whatever that may be for you, uh, we might compare it to becoming strong in the physical sense. Uh, if you think about it, if you want to become stronger, what do you do? If you want to become stronger, you have to push the muscle beyond what it seems capable of doing, what it has currently done. If, if you don't if you don't, the result is that you just maintain or you maybe lose your gains because when it comes to strength training, you're either getting stronger or you're getting weaker. There's no such thing as static gains. If you don't push the muscle beyond its capacity for work, then atrophy sets in. Uh, and in our traditional church model, I think a lot of us think about this as, as studying and learning. And these are all great things, and, but I, I feel like it's time for all of us to push back on this a little bit because when all we do is study and learn the Bible, then all we have is a bunch of smart Christians. It's one thing to know how to do a bench press or a squat. It's another thing to actually do it. You have to participate in the exercise to see the results. John Wesley actually didn't call it reading the Bible. He called it searching the scriptures actively engaged in spiritual formation. Uh, and I'm not saying that it's wrong to, to read and to study. What I'm saying is that if that's all we're doing, then we have some work to do. We've got a ways to go. In fact, uh, Jesus says it himself in Matthew chapter 7. But, if, but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rain and floods come, and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crowd. Be strong, actively engaged, doing the work. The second part says, in the Lord and in his mighty power. In the Lord and in his mighty power. Being strong isn't, 
enough, is it? It's being strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Uh, there's a difference in the indwelling power of the Lord within you in Acts 1.8. Uh, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Where is the power here coming from? The Holy Spirit, God's gift given to us. You can do life your way and your power. You can do it by being strong in the Lord. What does that mean to be strong in myself as opposed to being strong in the Lord? I don't think it's an access of God. Either way, being strong in myself simply determines who's in control. Who's running the show? Who's putting the wind in the sails? This is something I struggle with every day. I like to lay it all out. This I got I need to do. This, 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 and this. And now, if you can help me out here, if you can help me accomplish these goals, here's my plans. Here it is, God. I need you to, to help me with this and make this happen. Being strong in the Lord is, Lord, you lead. And I follow. And I lean into you. In fact, Solomon, the wise Solomon said, we can make our own plans if the Lord gives the right answer. And I'm guilty of making my own plans. I just wonder how many of us started out this year saying, I want every aspect of my life to be led by the Spirit. I want everything in my life, I want every decision that I make and every relationship that I have, every sphere, every realm to be led by God. And I suspect that most of y'all are the same as me. That's a scary concept. We're scared of that because we know that if we say that we want to be led by the Spirit in every aspect of our life, uh, then we're actually engaging in this war. Uh, we know that we're going to have to give up some things that we don't want to give up, that we don't want to let go of, and we're going to have to engage in some relationships that maybe we don't want to engage in. Uh, it means that we're going to have to make some sacrifices, and we're going to have to be prepared to change direction when we realize that God has something else in store for us that we weren't anticipating, that we didn't see coming. Maybe it's a geographic move or a career move or a relation move, whatever that may be. But if we truly said, I want my entire life to be led by the Spirit of God, we want Pine Log Church to be led by the Spirit, we're afraid of what that might mean for us. And I'm here to tell you, friends, you don't want this church Zach-led. You just don't. You don't want this church Zach-led or administrative board-led. You want this place to be led by the Spirit of God in every aspect of ministry and on a very personal level. The reality is that whether you desire to be engaged in this battle or not, you're in it. God's calling you to engage, calling out to you to stand on the front lines, whatever gifts and graces He has given you, to put on the full armor of God, beckoning to you, come and walk with me. Whether we like it or not, we're surrounded by every single day. We don't get to choose whether we're in it. In the, the Lord of the Rings, y'all familiar with this movie series? 
J.R.R. Tolkien, there's this one scene where Gandalf is trying to convince Theoden to help them in a war, and Theoden says, I will not risk open war. And Aragorn says, open war is upon you whether you would risk it or not. And friends, open war is upon you whether you would risk it or not. It may be in your marriage, it may be in your work life, it may be in your relationships, it may be in your work, uh, in your job, in your workplace, or in your parenting. It may be uh, so. It may be something that you're observing from 200 feet away. As you stand in the road waiting for an opportunity to jump in, our decision is not whether or not we get to participate. We have to make a decision every day whether we're going to engage. Whether we will experience the victory that's already laid out for each one of us on Calvary. Whether we experience this in our daily lives or whether you not, whether you won't, you choose to strap on this armor and acknowledge that there's a war and believe that your part really does matter. I'll finish with this. Maybe you came to church today and you didn't realize that you were being drafted to take up arms. And doing your part may not mean you stand up here with a Madonna microphone on the side of your face talking to today. And maybe that you're doing something different. Maybe that the gifts and graces that God has given to you would put you back there where Trinity is. And I'm really glad that she's here actually. Click in the screen so that we can all have lyrics to lift up one voice to God together. That's the front lines, y'all. Maybe, maybe you're drafted to serve in the food pantry or to mentor a child uh, at our local school to break down barriers and to shine light into their life. Whatever it may be. And if you've not yet made that decision to join in this battle and to take on the name above all names, and I just want to invite you to do that now. And you can turn your pew into an altar. And I just want to invite you just to pray with me. Pray this prayer. Heavenly Father. Help me to see. That there is a battle. Going on around me. Help me not to stand by idly. Help me to take an active role. Help me to jump in wherever it is that you would have me to serve. To take on this full armor of God. To stand firm in the faith. God, I pray that you would give an opportunity Everybody here, everybody who's listening, I pray that you would give an opportunity to come to you, to come before your throne, to pray in a way that swings the balance of life and all that we do. We pray all this in your precious and holy name. In the name of Jesus 